Hold on to your hats, the countdown to the biggest wellness event of the year is on. Join our side August 15 and 16 in Melbourne for not one, but two days of Powerhouse Wellness, featuring 11 of Australia's most inspiring, entertaining, educating, fermentating speakers. Damo, what is fermentating? MP, I'll tell you at the summit. Your favourite wellness couch speakers are joined by special guest Nat Kringudis on all things hormones and female health. Join the Up For A Chat girls, the wellness guys, the natural nutritionist Steph Lowe, Kale Brock, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witt, Marcus Pierce, and the rest of your favourite wellness couch podcasters. Regular and VIP tickets are still available, but hurry before this summit is sold out. For tickets, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. The Wellness Summit is proudly brought to you by Well & You. Be someone that makes you happy. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the Prince of Parasites. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. <laughs> Hello, MP. Hello, MP. <laughs> Before we get into this, I better say that um, say it. Uh, all, all fun and games are going to be had when we're on the Greek island uh, together in June 2016, June 20 to 29. Um, I had a chat with Thea the other day over email. She's very excited. She said um, people think that what they watch on TV is what Greece is all about with demonstrations and everything else. And she said, don't you worry, rain, hail or shine, the 2016 Greek Island Longevity Retreat will be on like Donkey Kong. So if you'd like to join us. Um, I was hoping you'd say something like that. The Korean uh, paradise in 2016. Go to 100notout.com. That's 100notout.com. Damo. Marcus. We have a fabulous response. To one of our favourite podcasts, which oh. we did episode 118, The Poo in You. And uh, it was all about poo, really. And it was all about me looking at Sarah's poo after a salt flush. And people really loved the intimacy of our relationship and the smell of the oh. toilet. You were just... Uh, did you Did you re-listen to it? Did I? Yeah, absolutely. Whenever I need a laugh, I just yeah. go back and that. Well, I, I listened to it. I listened to it on the way to the gym. I listened to it at the gym. It was uh, it was so funny. I just I was just wrapped. But I, I and I had time to reflect on some of the things that were said, and and I was really happy with what we covered in that thing. But you know, I I'm a little bit agitated, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this already. And yeah. what are you agitated about? Because I, I honestly don't know what you're agitated about. Well, the I, other know, day, I know you're agitated. I'm so agitated. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm, this is going to be an oral rant. <laughs> you know, I had yeah. my rant the other day on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Give it to us. What are you agitated about, Damien? Well, I'm agitated well, because there's this all-out all war, war against the parasite out. at the moment. <laughs> I am. Man. I'm so angry because if you fight fire with fire, what do you get? More fire. More fire. So a parasite, by its nature, is a parasite, which means that it is opportunistic and it lives in an environment that is unhealthful for commensal and good bacteria. 
So, in trying to kill off a parasite, we actually end up killing off more of the healthful bacteria and healthful uh, yeasts and all the commensal bacteria because we're so obsessed and and focused on this poor little parasite who's just living in the environment in our body, trying to do what it's got to do because it found an environment that's supporting it. We're trying to kill it. In the meantime, upsetting the rest of the biota and the gastrointestinal tract. People have mounted this almighty war on the parasite rather than actually supporting the health of the gut. And I'm frustrated because there's people that aren't skilled who are selling hocus pocus, hocus pocus, (laughs) snake oil. And some of these people are my colleagues. And I get really frustrated that we've got people out there that aren't qualified to be doing gastrointestinal detoxification. They have the wrong qualification for it. They're not trained in botanicals. They're not trained in in gastrointestinal health. They're trained in something else. And they're meddling in in a field that's not theirs. And I'm frustrated, Marcus. This is great. Just tell us how you really feel. So, Damien. Yes, Marcus. When you talk about your frustrations, mm-hmm. I need to see if I'm reading between the lines here correctly, right? Yeah. And just tell me if I'm not because I'm not trained in this. Okay. If you attack the parasite yes. with, let's say, what Sarah did when we spoke about it in F118 and you do enemas and you do salt flush, uh, is the concern that you're stripping out, let's just use an enema as an example, when you do an enema, it's there's a there's a load there's a there's a it's just it's taking out good bacteria is it as simple as that is that what you're saying it's taking out everything so you know it's not going well how about we leave a couple of million good bacteria here and we'll just take out the bad ones like it's not like you've got a police you know force or an army going through there and just wiping out just the bad guys yep um because we can't do that that's we're not that clever humans aren't that smart that we can out out think 70 trillion bacteria living inside our gastrointestinal tract we're just not like what we've got to do is we're to support and grow a healthful colony inside our gastrointestinal tract so that the bacteria the ones that should be living inside our gut outpopulate and enforce out the parasites because the environment is now no longer safe and secure for the parasite to live in Okay, so I'm probably going to give people the backstory as to what really <laughs> caused this agitation, right? Okay. So we said on F118, the poo and you, that Sarah and I both have parasites. Yes, and we probably uh, all have. Maya has a parasite. Yeah. Darby doesn't have a parasite. Okay. Right? So Sarah, being because she had not been feeling well, and so uh, she was determined to uh, get rid of the parasite. So she went down, and she's a very dedicated. When she's onto something, like when she wants to do something, she will get it done. So Sarah did enemas, regular enemas. I would be saying daily enemas for at least four weeks. I will say she did a juice fast. She did the. She took the capsules. Should I mention the brand or not, Damien? Uh, no, I don't have to. She you just don't took need some... to, but let's no. just say that the capsules. Are you talking about the capsules of the anti-parasitic formula? Yeah. That contain wormwood and black walnut husks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, we can so, leave it at that. That's okay. She took capsules and she took drops. Yeah. Um, I just sat here drinking my wormwood and clove and black walnut tea instead of peppermint tea. I, that's about as much as I did to do anything with uh, parasite 
killing. And so Sarah did this big six-week process, and it was I, I was like, oh my gosh, that to-do list was just enough already. Um, I was she was doing animas at night. Once the kids are down, she just wanted to relax, and she was doing it anyway. To cut a long story short. If I was not her husband, I'd be laughing, but I'm still probably going to laugh anyway. She did all of this, and the parasite's still there. And she worked her freaking tail off to do this protocol to the plan, and it's still there. And that is kind of, when I told you that story, that kind of brought out the agitation, right? Yeah, it did. And I think because it's maybe it's more philosophical that I'm I'm a little bit grumpy with. Um, but I think it's um, it's narrow-minded for all of us, to, and, and I'm going to speak on behalf of practitioners here, and there'll be practitioners listening to this going, well, that's not true, Damien. Oh, the research says. Well, I'll tell you what. What we have known for many, many years is that bacteria and parasites and yeasts are very, very smart. And whilst we think that we can outthink them and outsmart them with a little bit of Chinese wormwood and a little bit of whatever else, Black walnut husk. Black walnut husk. And cloves. And clove. And whilst that does create an environment that's, you know, unforgiving for a parasite and they don't like it, and I have used those sorts of um, herbal combinations in the past to assist people with gastrointestinal health, if you go out and wage a war on bacteria and parasites, let's just take, for example, case in point, antibiotics, and we think that we're going to outthink it and we're not going to get resistance to these sorts of things, case in point, MSRAs, then we are going to, we're thinking, we're thinking like pharmaceutical drug reps, thinking that we can just go and dish out antibiotics for any particular thing and it's not going to cause a problem. What we've got to remember is that it's all about a symbiotic relationship. It's all about putting into the gastrointestinal tract really healthy bacteria. Now, I don't mind keeping parasites at bay. But what's really important for me is that you use really, really strong and high dose, large amounts of appropriate bacteria. And if you're trying to reform colonies of bacteria and get some kind of culture of good bacteria and symbiosis inside the gastrointestinal tract, you've got to start at ground zero using bacteria that are infant and then move all the way up to just different strains that are going to be cycled. So low dose is not the way to go. It's got to be high dose. It can't be low dose. But the other thing is that if we're just trying to kill stuff off, we're going to kill off stuff that we don't want. It's kind of like having a tsunami go through a town and go, oh my gosh, it's a bit of a mess in here. Let's have another tsunami and then clean this up. And then because it's still not fixed and there's still a bit of mess around, we have another tsunami to try and clean it up. And then as we go on, we realize that things aren't growing too well. So we think, oh, why don't we just reset this whole thing again? Let's have another tsunami. And it's it does, it's not the way that things are going to grow. So, again, doing my best to, as a, just the everyday listener here. Um, so, Sarah gets the stool test from the GP and he says the parasite's still there. She's in shock horror. He's like, you really should just take these antibiotics. They were going to wipe out this parasite. Uh, um, and she's like, well, you know, you know, Sarah, she's a chiropractor as well, practitioner. She's determined not to take the antibiotics. And what you're saying is you can't just go and wipe everything out and expect that uh, that's going to be a good result. Like you say, the parasite might be gone, but what are the major consequences? Yeah. But on the flip if, side, though, you go on. Whether we use herbs um, or we use antibiotics or antifungals or anti-whatever, antiparasitics, we're still going to be killing off um, commensal bacteria. So we've yes. actually now created some degree of dysbiosis, regardless of whether or not we're using antibiotics or like pharmaceutical grade or if we're using herbal grade. Okay, so now this is what people want to know, and this is your why you're the man. What the F do people 
do then? And I ask this question on behalf of Sarah and the other 30% of the human race that actually think they uh, need to do something. Because I'm sitting here right now talking to you, Damo, with with some parasite called Fragilus sitting in me, which is anything but fragile from what I can tell. But... I, I I have a bloated belly, but that's about as far as I can draw my symptoms to. Yep. So I'm living quite well, very well, uh, with a parasite, which is kind of what you're talking about. Yep. There's other people, though, that, that, have, that are full of symptoms, but they would say that it's quite possible that the, paras- that the parasite is causing the symptoms. Yeah. And... I don't know. When you look at all of the, the possible symptoms of parasites, they're possible symptoms of lots of other things too. So let's go to the back blocks of any town in the world and let's just think about all the bad people that live in those bad places. Mm-hmm. Now they're raping and pillaging the land, the people, they're stealing from them, the police are too scared to go in there and do stuff and there seems to be more and more of the bad people living in these bad areas. Let's just look at, um, I don't know, where was Ford? Where was Ford? Yeah, Ford Motor Company and, 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 oh, uh, Detroit. and Detroit. Detroit. Let's look at yeah. Detroit. It's getting worse and worse and worse. The police don't want to go there. It's all run down. The only way that place can actually get better is if they put more good people in there and they grow more trees and they put employment back in there. Mm-hmm. It's not by taking more and more people out of there because more and more people who have been taken out of there are going to move back in there again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So you can't just remove parasites from an environment um, without actually making the environment better um, first. So my thing is that you need to put in there so many good bacteria, so much, and this can take years. Like we've got this race on to kill off parasites. There's this absolute love affair with just murdering stuff inside our bodies when really what we need to be doing is putting in their good bacteria. And it's almost so, like you're saying you need to improve the ratio. We've got to improve the ratio. We've got to get more numbers, more good people. Like in the world, there's more good than bad, but the bad people get on the news. It, that's yeah. what's happening right now. There's more good bacteria in our gut than there is bad bacteria and parasites, but the parasites are getting the news. Yeah. It's just a, a parasite. I nearly dropped the F-bomb. But it's, just, it's, it's a parasite. And yes, it's a parasite. It causes dysfunction and pain and, and, uh, and it's not nice. Um, but we really shouldn't be going on the attack. We should be going on the defense. And what we should be doing, the, you know, this is like a, you know, it, we really, we, we shouldn't be waging war. We've got to love them to death, basically. We've got to love them so much. But we're going to, we're going to make the environment so cozy for good bacteria. We're going to make the environment so amazing for good bacteria and commensal bacteria inside the gut by eating good food and maybe some fermented stuff, just some fermented stuff, not lots of fermented stuff, having lots of cultured foods and lots of, you know, um, really nice, supportive nourishing probiotics for the gastrointestinal system that the parasites aren't going to want to live there anymore. So I've got to ask you then, and I know all advice is general in nature, Damo, yeah. but you've spoken before that dose, strong and high dose. Yeah. So when people go, all right, Damien, I'm listening to you. I've been having a, a little serving of um, probiotic every day, and I've just been doing the recommended daily intake that's on my um, you know, Floroactive or whatever it is that they're buying in the stores. Yeah. Yeah. Is a strong and high dose... You're saying, like, if, and you know you've got a parasite. Is yep. what's on the label not going to cut it? The challenge that we've got in Australia is that, um, but all of the all of the recommended daily allowances and all of what is um, on a label is governed by a body that's governed by people who um, read read research. 
who may not be in the trenches uh, and may have may never been in the trenches. So they may never have actually helped somebody with probiotic therapy. Um, and as a result, they're making broad sweeping statements that limit the amount of information or access to nourishment that we can actually get. The challenge with that is, is that when we read a RDA, which is a safe dose, um, and that's what that's what the labelling is meant to provide a safe dose. It's supposed to make us, you know, feel safe that we are going to have a dose that's not going to be toxic to our bodies, which is very very important. Um, we we might think that that's enough, and and in some cases more than enough. However, the reality is is that we've got to have a whole lot more bacteria inside a gastrointestinal system um, to create a positive um, a positive net effect inside the gut for the long term. Now, I remember Cindy a couple of years ago, Cindy O'Meara, a great friend, Cindy O'Meara, from Up For A Chat and Changing Habits. She uh, mentioned that it can take up to four years after one dose of antibiotics to re-establish gastrointestinal flora. I then remember her saying in another seminar that it can take up to two years and you'll never ever get the same bacteria back in your body that you had the day you were born and when you were breastfeeding from your mum. Mm-hmm. Now, off the back of that, just recently, there's been more research that actually talks about um, when mums have had antibiotic therapy through pregnancy, the breast milk that's provided to the baby has less beneficial bacteria in it than those um, uh, breast bre- than that breast milk that has been delivered to a baby from a mum who hasn't had any antibiotic therapy and so you know that then raises a massive question about how healthy was the gastrointestinal tract at the time Mm. now the contraceptive pill creates dysbiosis chili in food can create dysbiosis excess garlic and fructose um, can create dysbiosis in the gastrointestinal system and because we love to eat really tasty and and full of flavor foods and a lot of people on the planet aren't actually putting good bacteria back into their body on a regular basis and they could be taking the pill and they've possibly had antibiotics and they're eating foods that have had antibiotics um, used on them. Um, it's highly likely that most people on the planet actually have a large degree of dysbiosis. And then as a result of that, the environment in the gastrointestinal tract has become so unhealthful that parasites are now able to grow and thrive and repopulate and continue to grow and thrive and repopulate. And as a result of the way in which a parasite reacts, it works in every single environment. It grows in every single environment that it can grow in. So if I had a weed that was trying to grow in a beautiful, um, you know, garden that had you know companion planting that weed wouldn't be able to grow if the companion planting was done appropriately however in an environment that the weed could grow it will try and grow wherever it possibly can same thing so if in your family you've got three different parasites in three different people and there's one person who doesn't have that parasite unless that one person in your family maintains amazing um, gastrointestinal health it's highly likely that parasite's going to move into that environment to grow because the environment is safe now, the more that we um, kill off parasites or try or attempt to kill off parasites and then as a result kill off more bacteria and commensal bacteria inside our body, the greater the chance of reinfection and transmission of parasites throughout everybody that we know and all the environments that we're in uh, is. like We're more likely to be infecting more people around us. Oh, my gosh. We could do this. I've got so many questions, but... Uh... I feel like we're going to have to do another episode. <laughs> so a couple of a couple of quick ones to finish off because you you just blowing my mind here, Damon. As I'm sure everyone else that's listening is having their minds blown open right now. 
if people are listening going, all right, Damo, I've been, like, I'm thinking of Sarah, right? She's a typical wellness couch listener, female, on the pill till, I don't know, mid-20s, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, let's call it between seven and ten years on the pill. Yeah. Um, antibiotics growing up as a kid. Pretty good diet growing up, but, you know, very kind of typical Australian as well, but lots of homemade meals. Like, lots of dysbiosis, lots of, um, lots of time to catch up on, so to speak. So I know, again, you can't say have this amount of, say, probiotics each day, but you're kind of intimating that what's on the RDA, what the RDA is, is not necessarily what's going to bring your gut flora back to uh, an environment where that weed is not going to want to grow. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, and you, you're going to have to have more, and you've got to give it some time, like, you know, to be retesting every 30 days or 60 days or 100 days or whatever it is. Like, it, yeah. it's it's in, unless if you're only testing, if the only thing you're testing for is nails, you're going to think a whole house is built out of nails because you're going to find nails in a house that's being built. So if you're testing for all of what's inside a gastrointestinal system, so if you're looking at the amount of um, – lactobacillus, the amount of um, and the different strains and you're looking at all the different DNA of the gastrointestinal tract and, and then you're looking to find what's optimal, you'd want to compare that to you know a really healthy gastrointestinal tract like a baby's gastrointestinal tract. But if you're only looking for the parasite, you may find the parasite and, oh, yeah. and you may not find the parasite, in which case you might think that you're healthy. But yeah. it's highly likely that the parasite's likely to be there if the environment's not right. So You've got to test for everything, not just for the parasite. If the only thing I look for is zebras in a, in a safari and I don't find a zebra, I might think that there's no more zebras left. Yeah. But there could be a massive amount of other animals that I didn't see. I might think that safari was a failure because I didn't see any zebras, but I saw elephants and and you know, lions, tigers. lions and tigers and, and you know everything, all these other things that are in there and around, but I'm just trying to find a zebra because I didn't find it. I think that the safari sucks and that the, and the, planet, the planet's going to die because there's no zebras left. So, oh, you, know what, you know what I'm saying? We've got absolutely. to stop refining, stop getting so narrow-minded, stop getting so reductionist and get back to being vitalistic, which is about improving the health of the biota of the gastrointestinal tract. And one last question. Yes. I don't know where we're going. Well, one last question. Will we ever get to a point, and maybe there's already these tests available, where you can actually say to a client that comes in, all right, you um, like 1% of your gastrointestinal tract is parasites or 5% or 10% or 20% or 0%. Because like, at the moment, from what I know, it's just like you say, you get a stool sample and it's like, it's there or it's not there. But can you do a? Can you look at someone's entire GI tract and say, yeah, all of these strains are here and doing well, and there's this and it's it's lacking or whatever? Like, can we get? Will we ever be able to get to that level of depth? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we can now get tests done where we can measure and look at the DNA that actually exists in the gastrointestinal tract from the bacteria that have been in there and have died, um, or have been in there and are still in there. So we can actually, you know, measure the DNA, and that that can be really, really important. That can be really great. Um, the other thing that we can now we can do, we've been able to do this for nearly twenty years, is a complete digestive stool analysis. Now, when you go to the doctor, most doctors and GPs won't be ordering a CDSA, a complete digestive stool analysis. They'll be doing a stool analysis to see if there's any parasites. They're not going to be looking at the balance of good bacteria. They're not going to say, oh, you've got low lactobacillus and you've got low KCI, and you've got low this. 
the complete digestive stool analysis actually allows you to, to do that and see that. Um, but in Australia, Medicare won't pay for it. In, in um, New Zealand, I don't even know if they're actually doing the test. You might have to send off your poo to Australia to get that done. In the States, they're definitely doing it through you know, different labs over there. But um, you, you need to get a complete digestive stool analysis or a DNA sample of your stool. Jeez, you're awesome. I love you, mate. <laughs> You're the best. No, I'm serious. On behalf of everyone listening, they would love you even more after listening to that because that's probably not not probably definitely answered a lot of questions for a lot of people yeah. um, listening. Thank you so much, Damo, for your wisdom, folks. We would love to hear your feedback. You can provide it in any number of ways. The best is to go to the website, thewellnesscouch.com. Click on shows. You'll see all 17 there. Click on 100 Not Out. Also, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash 100 Not Out, um, and engage with Damo and I at our respective sites, damienchristoff.com, Marcus P and you can engage with us there as well. Remember, if you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.